Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy Thursday at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. at Los Angeles 2023. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pye. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we used to watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then talk about it, but we ran out of episodes. And then we broke down all the fantastic episodes of the spinoff, The Golden Palace, but we ran out of those too. And so now, now we're relishing in the freedom of doing whatever the hell we want. Yes, that is right. And because so many of you have been asking for it, we've decided to rewind. <laughs> That's right. We're going back and rewatching our favorite episodes of the Golden Girls and re-talking about them and <laughs> offering new insight that we've gained since we first broke down these fabulous episodes back in 2014 when we were with both babies. Wow. So we won't be doing this in order. We'll just be watching whatever ones we feel like. And we'll be watching classic episodes, but since this is the first official rewatch under our new partnership with Mom, we figured we'd start with the first episode. So we watched the pilot, aka the engagement. It really is the most uh, appropriate one to watch now that we are officially a part of Mom, moguls of media. Um, and it's it just feels so right to be starting off kind of anew, but at the same time, not at all. And what's so great... I think about this sort of rewind rewatch situation is that like we were totally different people in 2014, like literally Mm -hmm. totally. It was a different world. COVID did not happen. Trump had not been president. Like I had just finished chemo. Like you had not had a baby or been married. We both were single and being ready to mingle. So we like our perspectives on the world were like totally different. And now are we less cool? (laughs) oh we're way less cool when you said we were both single my first thought was oh man in those early days like which one of our guests did we want to hook up with oh good point i don't think i've ever i mean and you know me i'm very free with with my i'm very direct i should say but i don't think i've ever wanted to hook up with a guest i don't know i mean i think i've hooked up with guests i have previously hooked up with guests but I don't believe I've ever like actively wanted to hook up with a guest while they were a guest. You know what I mean? Sure. If you <laughs> say so, wink. <laughs> no, but this is so much fun and it's so cool. And you guys, all of you have been 
so vocal in wanting us to go back and revisit some of these great episodes. And like Carrie said, we are not going in order. We are literally just like dropping in here and there the episodes that that move us. Maybe there, maybe we'll do an episode of like on an iconic anniversary of a particular episode. We'll even have guests on who are super hardcore fans of particular episodes. And because we're embracing that, like we're going to do whatever the hell we want. We're literally going in any order. Anyway, we're going to start with the first season this week. Maybe on in another week in a few weeks, we'll go to season seven and then we'll bounce back to season four. It's so it's free. We're going to be all over the place. It's so just like Blanche on a Friday night at the Rusty Anchor, y'all. <laughs> no, I'm. I have to say, OK, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I, I, I was going to dive into my thoughts about rewatching the pilot before we get into the pilot. Please. I'm very game for that. So here's the thing about the pilot. I rewatch a lot of episodes of the Golden Girls. For whatever reason, I don't really rewatch the pilot. I don't think a lot and of people so, do. I don't think a lot of people do. I, and I, I don't. I, I just don't. And I think there were certain things that that really stood out to me for one so wild seeing Coco standing at the stove. Mm. Like for a second, I was like, oh, right. Coco, of course, the Coco of it all. Like I was just picturing Sophia to be standing there to be Dorothy's sounding board. Mm. Um, I also, I forgot that Blanche isn't really in this episode as much as the other women. Well, you know, like, it's so there's interesting. so much time. It's yeah. so interesting you say that. I wanted to address that because that was that was one of my big notes from watching it as just sort of like a universal reaction to the episode is that mm-hmm. up until this point in Rue McClanahan's career, she had played, of course, high comedy stuff. And she was funny in mm-hmm. on Mama's Family, on Maude, in so many different things. Like she was a funny actress. But... She was always the best friend. She was always the friend. She was always the the Ethel to someone's Lucy. You know what I mean? She was never the Lucy. And even in this episode, one of the things that I found with this writing, and sure, she has funny lines. Like, there are definitely funny moments with, with, with Blanche in this episode. But it seems like all of the funny lines really went to B. Arthur and Betty White and, of course, Estelle Getty. Like, they were the slapstick. They were the direct punchbacks. They were like, and and Rue's character kind of blended in and helped mold the the story, of course, because she was the episode. But she sort of like moved the story so the others could react to it. And I was surprised at how almost unfunny Blanche was in this episode. She really changes so much over the course of this show. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It's I like that you you sort of noticed that as well. Again, we're going we're totally new people. Yeah, we're going back. We're rewatching. We're we're noticing these things, like you know, with Blanche. There's so much time spent with the other women in this episode while Blanche is on her date with Mary Harry, Mary Harry. Um, (laughs) And she also, she spends a lot of the pilot talking about herself, which is like textbook Blanche, but also it's right. You're right. It's because she is propelling the story, but the other women, they get to play off of each other in really great ways. You could also really tell watching this, this was B. Arthur's show. She was the number one on the call sheet. Yep. She had the most lines. Yep. She had the meatiest stuff. Um, like you, I, I also just going back, I was like, oh yeah, B. Arthur gets those really fun monologues. Yeah. Um, but those you can are sort tell of the, the importance of Betty White. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though B. Arthur was probably the only one of the girls in recent time, like at that time, because of course Betty White had like led stuff in the 50s. But in recent memory, 
Betty White and Rue McClanahan and certainly Stella Getty were all supporting actors. They all supported the star of shows. I mean, even on, on the Mary Tyler Moore show, Betty White famously was just sort of the, I mean, she stole the show, but was like the friend of working in the station of a lot of these people or the enemy in a lot of ways of, of a lot of these people. But you saw in the show how important Betty White was because a lot of the B. Arthur, Betty White thing, there's a lot of scenes of them together interacting together. And they knew that that was like a winning combo. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, especially the physicality of that, like sort of final yeah. sort of scene in, in Blanche's room. The last thing I want to say before we dive into the episode is um, this also reminded me about the one thing that I knew I was never going to get, but I became obsessed with in the Betty White auction, which was the uh, a, a, a version of the pilot script that was sent to Betty. I believe it was an early writer's draft yeah. that was sent to her agent to see if she would be interested in doing the project. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wish I knew the person who won that. And and if you happen to be a listener of this podcast, <laughs> I would beg you, implore you to please scan the pages and upload it and send it to us so we can blast it out so Golden Girls fans can see it. Yeah. Because I'm so curious to know what that original script looked like. Because what we do know is that there was way more cocoa yeah. and that they sort of reshot some stuff so there would be less cocoa. I would just be curious to see where the script started. And then mm. once you started incorporating the women and they sort of fell into these roles and they were doing table reads and rehearsals and jokes changing on the night of the show, yeah. I would just love to see what that evolution was from that early writer's draft that Same. Susan Harris did to what ended up on TV. So if anybody knows the person who <laughs> won that at the Betty White auction, please tell slide them slide into our for DMs. the love of the Golden Girls community. Slide into our DMs. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask you before we get I, into I the sort episode, of thought about that as well. I mean, that's definitely a great, great observation. One of the things I wanted to ask you, because it's I, I I mean, we both love, love, love television. And a lot of times television shows they have strong pilots, but the show changes pretty pretty dramatically over the course after the pilot. A lot of things can change with the pilot, and we see that with the Golden Girls, too. But there are some, like, really great pilots that you watch, and you're like, that's a good pilot. Like, on Friends, I think Friends is a genius pilot. It's a great pilot. No changes. Like, it's just perfect. Do you think Golden Girls is up there with being a perfect pilot for what the show became? Wow, that is a really great question. Um, you know, I I do, and I'm going to tell you why when I get to the moment in the script. I do think okay. it's perfect. One one thing that I do think is interesting is that they we've heard through interviews, whatever Susan Harris writers, that Estelle Getty was meant to be a guest star. Yeah. Um, and obviously after they shot the pilot, Coco was out, Estelle was and in. And the audience reaction um, in general, like what it, yeah, seals her of deal. Course. Yeah. What is so interesting to me is that in a pilot where like, it, it was, it's so interesting to me that they wanted to introduce a guest star in a pilot. I know. Usually. Yeah. Usually. And, and she didn't, she didn't really have anything to do with the story. So you did, she wasn't going to be a one-time guest star. Yeah. It was just, it was really interesting to me that they, they chose the pilot well, but even to having, introduce even, a guest star. Even you know? having a one-time guest star like Harry in the pilot is very rare for pilots. You don't have guest stars even in pilots, really. You, you stick to the main story, well, the main cast. 
eh, no, because even if you look at Friends, it was part of the storyline, right? Because in Friends, Monica was dating Paul, the guy Paul that she yeah. worked with. And yeah. Paul came over and met all the friends because it was part of her story. That's true. Sophia wasn't part of anybody else's story. But I mean, thank God they did because she's so amazing and one of the yeah. greatest characters. It's just it's such an interesting choice to me that they have Coco. They have the character who mm-hmm. the girls are going to kind of bounce thing, things off of who is not one of the girls. And, and to also have Estelle Getty. And she was essentially the B story because yeah. I like that they didn't try to do too many stories in this episode. But the B story was Estelle Getty's home burned down. And now, like, she's there. And, like, mm, it was, like, the, yeah. a barely – it was a very thin B story. Mm-hmm. But um, but but I, I do like they went with a very simple thing. Blanche might get married and are we going to have to move out? And that yeah. question and those conversations. Attention. And I think because the women were allowed to breathe and have – have these conversations you were really able to get to know these characters in a very organic way well let's do that let's let's discover the moments in the pilot that we think make this pilot a perfect pilot i can't wait to find out your moment because i have my moment i know my moment when it became a perfect pilot so let's, i wonder let's, if we have the same moment wouldn't that be so fun i mean after almost 10 years of doing this i hope we have the same moment okay let's take a break we'll come right back with the episode oh my god i'm so excited the pilot does monday at the office feel like a storm not with microsoft copilot that feeling when copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, okay, we're going to walk through this pilot. We all know the pilot of the Golden Girls, obviously. What I would love to start with, HL, and if it's okay with you to get your fingers ready on that soundboard. Now, I now am able to come to this pilot with the wisdom of having worked as a TV writer. And I want to play one thing that is always challenging, I think, when you write a pilot is letting your audience know who your characters are through the lines that they speak without, you know, laying too much pipe, without being too exposition-y. It's like you want to find really organic ways for the audience to go, oh my gosh, I know exactly who that type of person is. And so I pulled lines for each character on the, the, the very first line where you know exactly who Dorothy is, you know exactly who Rose is, Blanche, Sophia, and I've got Blanche, Dorothy, and Rose all in the same scene because you kind of get a, a sense of who they are right away. So I would love to start with uh, Dorothy. And this is, you get Dorothy's Bornack in a nutshell right here. I taught a class today, the finest school in Dade County. Two girls had shaved heads and three boys had green hair. <laughs> They're expressing themselves. Yeah, well, I expressed myself. I told them they had to leave. They were too ugly to look at. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love Coco's response there because, and this is something that I wanted to talk to you about th- throughout us talking about the pilot, because we are older now and we are, we're not of course as old as they are, but we have lived more of a life and we look back on certain things in different ways. I find I look back at some of my early 20s things or like teenage self things very differently than I did even 10 years ago. And because I felt very connected to my teenage years more than I did 10 years ago than I do now. But I find that I complain a lot. Sure. I'm very Dorothy in that way. But my reactions to things, I'm very Coco in this moment of just sort of like accepting people at who they are. You know, I've changed a lot over the years. I'm a bit of a freak. We're all kind of freaks. Why not just let someone be a freak and express themselves? And I don't think I was Coco 10 years ago. I think I was more Dorothy 10 years ago. And now I'm definitely more Coco. I would say you're you're definitely what we what would we call it Dorothy with a rising Coco? Yes, is that what you would yeah, say? Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Yes, yes, you're definitely you're more of a Coco for sure. We're mm. all a little bit more of a Coco, I think. But privately, um, like when I'm when it's just you and I and we're not recording and this is something behind the scenes, I will, I will pull hardcore Dorothy moments of like just talking shit. I will talk oh, shit. We, oh, we both will. Yes, we both will. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, I thought that was, you get so much, I mean, first of all, you learn to substitute teacher. Um, but also just that, that sort of like no bullshit, like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm tough as nails. I'm, uh, I'm funny. Like I told them they were too ugly to look at. Like it's just, it it is, it is Dorothy in a nutshell. It's so perfectly Dorothy Mm -hmm. and her reaction. Another thing that I related to in this scene with her and Coco in the kitchen is she asked Coco what he's making. I don't think I even would have picked up on this 10 years ago. This is another age thing. And she responds to uh, enchiladas as being like, oh, you're trying to kill me or whatever she says. Yo, yeah, he go- she goes, what are you making? He goes, enchiladas or rancheros. And she goes, why don't you, ki- why don't you just kill me? Yeah, <laughs> like- <laughs> because, and now I find that like, sometimes with Michael, who I will admit, Michael is nine years younger than me. So when he will suggest certain, oh, let's go here for food or let's do this for food. And I'm thinking it's nine o'clock. I can't eat Taco Bell at nine o'clock anymore. Like I just can't. It has Mm -hmm. to be at 6 p.m. So I can take the antacid pill before I go to bed. So I'm not up all night with heartburn. Like there's like a process to it. And Uh I related to Dorothy so much here. It's so fun. Oh gosh. It's so funny that I'm getting so much perspective on how much we've changed since we first watched this. Um, so now I would love to play, uh, uh, Blanche's, uh, line that just is so Blanche. I just need some cucumbers to put on my eyes. You'll have trouble seeing Blanche. (laughs) It's very good. It reduces puffiness. Does it work on thighs? (laughs) I don't know, honey. I don't need it on my thighs. See, now, okay, here's the difference. Here's the It's a perfect line that you brought up because, yes, it is perfect Blanche. It's very Blanche. Her, the vanity of her, like, not needing to put it on their thighs or whatever. But I feel like Blanche season five would find a sex joke in a cucumber. Whereas Blanche season one doesn't have the sex joke in the same way that she did season five. There's, there, there's, there's a, she's more restrained in the pilot. Oh, there's for sure an evolution. There's an evolution of, of all of them. Yeah. There are different sides that you see. Yes. Blanche is definitely like becomes more sexual. They, you know, one thing they develop that's really funny is when Rose gets really competitive and mm. like you see mm-hmm. that side in her come out. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, you get that, you get vanity and this sort of like 
a, a, a little bit. It's just the tiniest hint of I'm also going to put the other girls down. Just the tiniest yeah. hint of it. Yeah. Um. But but definitely that vanity in her. Um. Which I absolutely love. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So now let's get to uh Rose. The the very first line that is just uh it's three words, but it's Rose Nyland in a nutshell wrapped oh. in a herring. You know, I had the shock of my life today. I was in the teacher's lounge talking to a group of girls in their 20s. Oh, they were so pretty. At that age, you don't even have to be pretty and you're pretty. (laughs) Anyway, we were laughing and giggling and having a great time, and I completely forgot that I was older. You know, I just felt like one of the girls, and we had a wonderful time. And then I got into my car and caught a glimpse of myself, and I almost had a heart attack. This old woman was in the mirror. I didn't even recognize her. Who was it? (laughs) That right there, that is, that was the moment when you went, oh, Mm -hmm. that's Rose Nyland. I also, this wasn't initially my moment of when the pilot became a great pilot, but I think that exchange warrants an applause for a part of the puzzle of what makes this a great pilot. Because in one scene, you have the vulnerability of of B. Arthur, who, I mean, the way you really feel what she's thinking there, because it's a it's a relatable thing to then to finally feel old, you know? And then to have that like one moment where you don't feel old, but then be reminded how old you are for by something, by your back hurts or your eye makeup or whatever, like whatever it is that like, you're like, Oh, this doesn't look the way it looked 10 years ago. And it's so perfect that then it's juxtaposed with this like beautiful naivete of Rose. And like, it cements who these women are in this show from they're the same people that scene could hold up in season one and season seven. Mm -hmm. easily. Oh, exactly. I also love in that moment where, you know, Rose is like, oh, I'd kill to be in my 20s again. And Dorothy's like, I'd kill to be in my 40s again. Yeah, like, I know. It says so, so, so much. Yeah. Um. So those were the, the, the moments for those three women in, um. you know, and two of those were in the same scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, obviously the problem of the story, you know, Blanche has been dating a man named Harry. He proposed. He wants an answer tonight. You know, but the house is Blanche's. So where will Dorothy and Rose go? Rose's concern it's, is so I it, it's it's relatable in that, like, you know, there is this vulnerability there is a money vulner- vulnerability, which I think a lot of people think about, like, should I start saving? Like, when do I start saving? Like, how much do I need to save? Like all of these different things. And like Rose, even though she's really funny in this episode, there is sort of like almost a dramatic underbelly of like a panic mode. You know? Yeah. It's what I like about it is that it's a it's a big enough problem in the pilot where there's nothing that they can do. It's not like, okay, well, here's the problem in this week's episode. What are we gonna do to solve it? Yeah. We don't have enough money to, you know, keep the hotel open, so we gotta run a grift. It's a very simple thing. It's like it's a little bit of not like an existential crisis, but you know, it is a little bit because when when Blanche says like, hey, I might be moving out, yeah. it's now up to it's like you said, the episode, it really is about Dorothy and Rose mm-hmm. 
having this realization of like, wow, we're women of a certain age. We're not, you know, our children are grown, our husbands are dead, or we're divorced. We don't make a lot of money. Like it, it's a, it, it's coming to terms with age yeah. in the most beautiful, hilarious way. Because I remember thinking back on this, I was like, wow, the pilot is Blanche might get married and the yeah. women might have to move out. That's so huge for a pilot. Yeah. But it's not really when you think about the story, the majority of the story in this episode is the women talking about what this means. Yeah. And it, it's also what's so interesting, I think, in the 1980s television, the landscape of 80s television and the type of stories that were being told about women at the time. I mean, there was an insanely popular show called Kate and Alley that won a bunch of Emmys. And it was, you know, it was uh, Jane Curtin and, and Jane, uh, Susan St. James. And it, they were about divorced women basically moving in together and raising their kids because they're like, they got, they don't have husbands. So they have to like help each other out. And there was, of course, you know, Cagney and Lacey. There was a lots of sort of like women helping women stories in big shows in the 1980s. And I could see, I wonder, I wonder, in seeing how the pilot sort of navigated it, there's the core three group, of course. There's there's Blanche, Dorothy, and Rose. But I wonder if there was ever any consideration of making it just a Dorothy Rose pilot show. I wonder. Oh, that's interesting. Because, like, because of the way Blanche had, Blanche was very much just sort of a, a story character to move a story along and not really, really didn't add much to the Dorothy Rose part of the story. I wonder if they ever were considering that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a really good question, though. Yeah. Um, I do love there's a moment. I mean, so many great jokes in this pilot, but I do love when uh, when they're asking Blanche, like, hey, you're going out on your date tonight. Like, what are you going to say to Harry? And she goes, I don't know. I guess I'll know when the words come out of my mouth. And Dorothy <laughs> goes, this isn't a belch, Blanche. It's marriage. I just, I loved that joke. That was I her mod it. joke. That was the mod line right there. Oh, it, it felt like such a mod line. It was so great. I loved some of the dated references. Like, I can barely get a call through with MCI. Yeah, like, I can barely oh. get to New Jersey. Call New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love oh that MCI joke. Um, so then we meet Sophia. Do you remember those Sprint commercials oh. with Candace Bergen? Do you remember those? No. Oh my God, they're so iconic. You should Google them. I they're they're, right. they're a big part of my childhood. All right, I'll pop a Google when we when we're done. Yeah. Um. So I do want to play. Uh. Sophia, it's Sophia's sort of first line where you again get a sense of oh, okay, this is Sophia. This is who she is. Sit down, Sophia. You must be exhausted. Why I rode in the cab? I didn't push it. <laughs> oh, Sophia, honey, how nice to see you. Who are you? It's me, Blanche. You look like a prostitute. <laughs> Sophia, the things you say, she didn't mean that, Blanche. Of course I mean it. Look at her, my cab driver would fall in love. I mean, it's they, perfect. I mean, minute one with Sophia, they already set up that sort of antagonistic relationship mm -hmm. that she's going to have with Blanche. Mm -hmm. And what's so great is that to Blanche, she's forgiving and endearing. Like, well, you know she had a stroke because Blanche is the one that has to get out the exposition about how she had a stroke. Yeah. And it's so fun when you, you know, fast forward to however many seasons later when, like, Blanche is not going to put up with that crap anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I love it's it. It's so good. And I, I love one of the, my favorite things as the show goes on is the relationship between Blanche, specifically Blanche and Sophia. 
because it just yeah. there's so many wonderful gems of them because they're so polar opposite of mm-hmm. types of people and it's yes. just and and that just makes such great comedy it's oh i love it I lo- I'm just always imagining like when I love the episode where Blanche has to babysit her because that's where we get fasten your seatbelt <sighs> slut puppy. It's so good. <laughs> that's um, our that's our um, about all about Eve uh, uh, line from the Golden Girls. Like that is the ultimate line, I think, from the Golden Girls. You know what I mean? Fasten your, fasten your seatbelt yeah. slut puppy. Yeah. yeah, it's so it's so iconic. Um, so, and I feel like the first time we recorded this, we, I don't know if we ever talked about Harry, the guy who plays Harry. Oh yeah. Um, I looked him up this time. He was an actor named Frank, a letter. He did so many guest spots on so many Mm. amazing shows for decades. Um, the only really golden girls connection I could really find with him was that he had guest starred on an episode of, uh, all in the family although no mm. susan harris was on mod so yeah, no i don't know maybe he was just one of those guest stars that everybody knew around town you know what kind um, of bummed me out a little bit when i was watching this and this is again a passage of time moment that is so wild but like i like when i watch i love lucy right i know they're all dead like i know <laughs> i know everyone involved is dead and it doesn't feel weird to me because it's black and white and it was old and all those things but when we started this podcast 10 years ago, half the people in this show were still alive. <laughs> like, half the people who are in the pilot, I know. And in watching this now, only the the pastor is alive, which blows me away. Like, blows me away that I'm, like, watching a show from my childhood. No, yes, I was a baby when this was on. So, like, I have no memory of ever watching the pilot when it actually aired. But... The fact that, like, when I was a child watching this, everyone in this show was still alive, and now they're all not. It kind of, like, gave me a moment of, like, I'm old! <laughs> oh, wow. It sounds like you're really feeling what the women were feeling. Yes! I'm telling you, this rewatch was, like, it was, I feel like it was really cathartic for the both of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love, there is a look, the biggest, broadest look that Dorothy gives to Rose when Harry walks in. It's like, ooh! well 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 Mm. do you know what i'm talking about yes b arthur i like i want it as a gift someone make it as a gift send it to us it is the oh it's just (laughs) such a big look for b arthur it was so funny um i absolutely loved it so harry and blanche go off on their date leaving the women to keep thinking about you know what it would mean for blanche to marry harry Um, and there is a great moment where Rose, um, you know, I'm just gonna, we'll just play the next clip. Rose has a really great moment and we're gonna talk about it as soon as we come out of the clip. This is so sad. We were all so lonely and then by a miracle we found each other. Rose, we both answered an ad to share Blanche's house that we found in the supermarket. It was not the resurrection. It is hardly a miracle. To me, it was a miracle because we're happy. It's not fair, you know. I mean, we get married. We have kids. The kids leave and our husbands die. Is that some kind of a test? You don't work that hard. You don't, you don't go through everything you go through to be left alone. We are alone, Dorothy. We really are. Our families are gone, and we're alone. 
And there are too many years left, and I don't know what to do. Get a poodle. <laughs> it reminds Bril- me. Brilliant writing. Brilliant. Brilliant writing. Brilliant. And that, that also is a moment that makes this a great pilot. That exchange right there. Again, because of the yeah. juxtaposition between vulnerable and really high comedy. And it reminds me of another moment where they're talking about death, where they say, like, oh, remember, I forget what episode it was from, but they're all talking about, like, they'll be there for each other and Rose will be there for Dorothy. You know what I mean? And then Sophia goes, I'll be fine. <laughs> like, like it's yeah. just such a perfect balance between the the emotions and the comedy. And it's just, that's what makes this such a fantastic show. It does. There's like, yeah, you're getting so much humor with the levity and, and yeah, that, that is, there are two moments in this pilot, which I think, the theme of what the show is going to be is stated. And this was that first moment. Rose is stating the theme of the show. Like we found each other. It was a miracle. And it's just absolutely beautiful and says so much about female friendship, especially at that age. Mm -hmm. I also really like how they, uh, they set up the women's relationships with their late husbands. And, and, and part of it was, uh, I think in the speech, but, but throughout the episode, um, you know, Blanche says that even though she's considering marrying Harry, she'll never love someone as much as she loved George. Yeah. Uh, later in the episode, Rose even says that Blanche made a date at her funeral. You're learning so much about her there. You really are. Rose. Rose's whole thing is that she talks about Charlie in the present tense because it makes him seem closer. And it's really, really sweet. Yeah. Um, then you learn even about uh, Dorothy and Stan in a really great exchange where Rose is like, you know, Charlie and I waited, you know, two full years of being engaged before we got married. And Dorothy's like, you know, I got married before my father finished the sentence. And Rose is like, you married your father? And she's like, no, my dad told me that Stan had to marry me because I was pregnant. And then, and it's just, you're you getting a blowgun wedding. And Rose is like <laughs> the blowgun wedding. Maybe he left you because you forced him into it. Yeah. Rose, he left me 35 years later for a stewardess he met on a flight to Hawaii. And then you do that whole great joke about, they said, give the passengers a lay. He got confused. <laughs> he got lucky. They live in Hawaii. <laughs> Such a great way to get out exposition. But you also, you're learning about what these women's relationships their personalities you're learning their husbands you're learning more about their personalities because you know you get what's so great about this is that you get why rose is afraid that blanche is getting married because once again it's it's someone forcing by by sheer you know facts of life forcing rose to then face another test of you know do something to 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 take care of herself and she's afraid she's really afraid Mm -hmm. and and that's the same thing when her husband died. And then, of course, you understand Blanche's outlook on life because she had this great marriage, but she also <laughs> didn't wait, didn't waste any time. So she's a fun-loving she's woman. Got, she's ready she, for a good time. You know, she can't be without a man. Yeah. You know, the way that Rose and then of course, out of the line, Then, of course, the you same, have yeah. Dorothy, who I don't want to say she's bitter, but there is this sort of, like, anger in her. There's an anger that... That is at, at at the sort of the base of every single joke and every single thing that she does. That she, you know, this woman's lived a life and that she's experienced things that have made her very hostile. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I get why she would be bitter after what she says happened with Stan. And we see it play out in the second episode of the pilot. Yeah. So, yeah. or not of the pilot, of the of the series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also just thought, again, a great way to set up, um, you know, what their sort of histories are with, with, with men and their late husbands or ex-husbands yeah. for that matter. Yeah. Um, should we? Take a little bricky break yeah, and come back and keep talking about this pilot. Oh, because I don't know if Blanche is going to get married. I mean, I don't remember anything. <laughs> and we're back. Okay. So Blanche returns home from her date with Harry, where she was supposed to give him an answer about the proposal. See how I threw in a Betty White movie right uh-huh, there? Uh-huh. We are, mm-hmm, <laughs> which we've covered. Connected. Go back and listen to that episode, y'all. It'll be—it's a great episode. I thought that was a fun one to record. Yeah. So, um, as it turns out, Harry took her. The women just want to know, like, what did you say? What did you say? And Blanche yeah. just wants to talk about the date. He took me to Jones. I had the stone crabs. Now, I have to say, as soon as she said stone crabs, I was like, oh my god, is this the same restaurant where Lucas takes Dorothy uh, in the finale, where they wear the little? Wouldn't crab that be incredible? If it was book-ended at Jones. You know what's great about this? You know what's great about this rewind? This moment right here. So when we recorded, back in 2014, but when we were recording the episodes in order, creating the ultimate Golden Girls archive existing on podcast forms, we didn't really go forward very much. We didn't really reference, sometimes we did, but like, we weren't making those connections that, oh, could this be this from this episode in this episode? Because we were always focused on where we were going forward. Now that we've done it all, we 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 can go back and make those connections. And it's so exciting. I know. Well, because that was the thing with you and I is when we were doing the rewatch, we were like, I want this to feel fresh. Let's for now not watch any Golden Girls episodes. And so, you know, and it took us a while, yeah. it took us years to get through the podcast. So um yeah these are the things we're noticing um one a little an amazing exchange that i love is it made me laugh so hard as the you know the are you gonna marry harry marry harry marry harry little rhyme shut up like when 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 dorothy tells rose to shut up it's the pacing of that so funny um and she says uh she blanche says she is going to marry harry mm-hmm. next week <gasps> like big act break moment because yeah. we already know what this would mean for dorothy and rose like how they're feeling about it yeah um now that you've gotten married and, now that you've gotten married yes. carrie yes. dorothy bush do you can you ever imagine you and stan Getting engaged and then marrying in a week. No. Yeah, I can't either. For you or for me. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's too much. No, I, I, I can. That's... I can make. I can imagine us making rash decisions. You know. I mean, because like, I can imagine that. But getting married in a week. I mean, no. That's too much. Yeah. No. It's no. It's too stressful. Because even Stan and I did the bare bones wedding situation we did courthouse dinner with friends but you still have to plan stuff there's still shit you gotta do yeah so no no um so uh one thing that i noticed was uh interesting um about 
about this pilot uh, is, you know, over the course of the show, the women are proposed to or think they're going to be proposed to so many times. Yeah. And we always see the woman on a, on, you know, out on at least a date with that guy. They're either out on a date. Dr. Jonathan Newman's coming over. They're at dinner, whatever. And I actually really love that we don't see Harry and Blanche on a date. Like yeah. we meet him very briefly and to me, it would have made him seem like a character way. It would have made him seem like a character on the show. Yep. That was Susan Harris's way of establishing, hey, this show isn't about all the men that they date. It's yep. about these women and their relationships with each other. They're going to date men. But this is a show about these women. Yep. And I thought that was a really smart decision to not follow Blanche and marry Harry on a date, yeah. especially when like to Susan Harris, it wasn't important for us to be invested in Blanche and Harry's relationship yeah. because that's not what the show is about. So I love that we did not follow them on a date because moving forward, we always follow the women on a date. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I liked it. I also, there's a moment where Blanche says at our age, long engagements don't make sense. And I feel like, this was before they really figured Blanche out yeah. because I, I feel like a Blanche line would have been at your age, yeah. long engagements yeah. don't make sense. Again, she would have been putting the other woman down. Season She's five, Blanche. Season distancing five, Blanche. herself. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, uh, and, and again, in, 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 in classic Blanche fashion, you know, when she says that she's going to be marrying Harry and Rose is like, where will we live? And Blanche is like, Oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. It's like right there, selfish Blanche. But also and she immediately buys it right back by going, Well, you can stay here as long as you need to until you find a place. Yeah. So it's also seeing that sort of Blanche who always thinks about herself, but then when she realizes, oh gosh, oh, that's not right, like she's trying to make amends by yeah. going, Well, no, no, but you can stay here as long as you like. Because in reality, I mean, we're so close to when they move together, we haven't established how how long they've been roommates at this point. Like the pilot doesn't do that. I wrote but, that down. I yeah. have, that's my next question. At this point, how long do you think they've been living together? But I mean, considering their ages and stuff and that and that Dorothy was married for 38 years and she got married in when she was a teen. You, you can factor in that she's probably it was it's probably a recent development that they live together. So. I'm definitely, and I've always been this, I probably was like this in the first episode of this podcast too, where I think I'm totally in Dorothy's camp here. It's like, you no, let this woman make her own life decisions. And if, and however they impact you, you have to deal with because it doesn't involve you. <laughs> Sorry, Rose. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. and you can tell too, again, they're setting up that like Dorothy is the anchor. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's reasonable. Like, she is... She she's the anchor. She's, you know, uh, when, you know, when the other women are feeling vulnerable, whatever, like Dorothy's going to Dorothy's going to anchor everybody. Dorothy's going to bring everybody back down. Um, yeah, I, I feel like they've probably been living together. My guess would be like a year, maybe a little less. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, I feel like no longer than that, because they're also not. um they're not really butting into Blanche's life the way that you would if yeah. it was like a really good friend. Yeah. Um, like if I was making uh, a horrible life decision, you would butt in more than you would have when we first met. Like, you know what I mean? Like if, mm -hmm. if it's just, oh, yeah, there's a, sure. there's just a difference in the level of deepness of the friendship. It, there's, I wouldn't yeah. say they're quite family at this moment. They are, but like not 
the way they became. Not quite. Yes. No, not the way they became. That's a good way of putting it. It yeah. does. It feels like they're friendly roommates who, you know, Rose really is just trying to look out for Blanche. Yeah. You know, she's like, there's something about that guy. But also you could interpret that as Rose is scared of and being, being selfish. vulnerable. Of, yeah. of, of, of being put out in that she's doing it for a selfish reason. Yeah. So, yeah, they do feel a little bit more like like roommates and 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 that but 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 still it's like that perfect balance though but enough yeah. where you like care about their relationships yeah um so the day of the wedding <gasps> um wait okay so now uh, one of the things that we didn't do on the yes. original original rewatch not rewatch but original watch uh is i don't feel like we ever fully discussed the wedding dresses in a way that they are owed because there are some great wonderful wedding dresses on this series multiple accounts of wedding dresses what do you think of blanche's wedding dress that's so funny that's my next note oh <laughs> it 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 didn't feel blanche it, it didn't it, it was you it know didn't. it was cream it wasn't like super modest yeah. but it also wasn't she was covering things up she was yes. wearing like tights she it just didn't feel she was showing it, leg it, though she was just, showing leg yeah but she had tights on she yeah. had like gloves on yeah. she had it like blanche would have worn something very form-fitting yeah she had this like headpiece on that i didn't think felt like blanche um you know we all know and again it's this is what happens with the evolution of a character Blanche's red wedding dress that she wore when she married George says so much about who Blanche is. Like, of course, she would wear bright red because white does not attract the eye like yeah. a bright crimson red. And 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 so you can it, it did. It just felt like a very like, oh, that's fine. That's yeah. nice. But but I was like, I don't feel like I'm watching Blanche right now. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel the same way. It. I like the dress. Don't get me wrong. I think it's more of a rose dress. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's it a did. rose, especially the the cut of like the bust area yep. and like all of that felt like a dress that yeah that Rose would wear. Um, yeah. So, yeah. but they're still figuring it out. Yeah. Um, I love the physicality of this scene. The physical humor in this scene. Dorothy putting Rose in the chokehold, the three-way hug in Rose's face, um, and Dorothy kisses her on the cheek. I mean. When the, the, the timing of when Rose goes, stop, and Dorothy throws her into the closet and locks yeah. the door, like, just brilliant, brilliant directing yeah. and, and performances there. It is, that to me is like the iconic moment of the pilot mm -hmm. is the... Is that three-way hug, her throwing her into the closet, that argument between the two of them. Uh, and then Coco having so to come perfect. get her out of the closet like that. And the fact when Dorothy chases after after Rose with the perfume, I'm, and she's so, like, silly. It's almost vaudevillian. It's it's just so many great moments in that moment. But I will say one of the... One of my favorite moments, not favorite, but the hardest moments is when, when, when Blanche's heart is broken in the next scene. Yes. So, yeah, Harry, he's 30 minutes late for the wedding. The doorbell rings. <gasps> it's none other than Hollywood Montrose from Mannequin. 
which we just which covered we just mannequin watched. last week. So please go listen to that episode if you have not. But this is becoming a me sock Taylor double feature. Yes, it is. And he tells Blanche that Harry is a bigamist. He's wanted in four states. He's got six wives. He's a hustler. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. leaves. He just leaves. He, he just leaves. leaves. Yeah. And she's heartbroken. He, Harry left. Harry left a note for Blanche. She's so heartbroken. She can't even bring herself to read the note. So Dorothy reads it. And it's basically like, I'm sorry for what it's worth. I liked you. I liked you. Yeah. I liked you. Unlike my other wives who I didn't even like, I liked you. Fuck off, Harry. Um, And what's wild is that after Rose, after uh, Dorothy reads the note, Blanche says, I'm stunned. I'm just stunned. And it's not the, I'm stunned. I am stunned. It's not that kind of stunned that we get from Blanche. It's a very, it is a very somber, I'm stunned. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, And she says she feels like a fool, but not just a fool, an old fool. Yeah, I know. I feel so bad for her. And then the thing that got me in the next scene when they're all out on the lanai. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) I think we did that in the pilot too. (laughs) We did it every time we said that out on the lanai. Every time. I know. Um, But I, one of the things that when it got brought up that Blanche had, had sort of confined herself in her room for three weeks. Can you imagine mm-hmm. taking off work, mm-hmm. not for a death in the family, not for a baby, not for a medical emergency, but for mental health for three weeks? Immediately get fired. Immediately. I mean, I don't know. I hear you, but, you yeah. know. Yeah, I know. They they even say, like, her, her job at the museum is going to be, like, you know, ooh, I don't know. Um my favorite part of that scene is uh, Sophia sleeping in the lounge chair. Dorothy's coming out complaining about the paper boy. Again, getting the media lines, all the jokes. She walks over to Sophia, holds a mirror under her nose. And Rose goes, what are you doing? She's sleeping. Yeah. Dorothy goes, just checking. Which you never this know. sets up their relationship so, so well. Funny. And what it, it sets becomes. Up their relationship. Yep. So perfectly. And then, of course, later when when Sophia like pipes in and Dorothy goes, I thought you were asleep. And Sophia goes, you never know. And it was (laughs) so, so good. Um, Again, in this scene, there was exposition, I thought, that was um, delivered in a really clever, interesting way when, um, you know, Dorothy's talking about how people deal with grief differently. She goes, you know, we Italians... You know, we scream, you know, we do something with a donkey, blah, 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 blah. You know, Blanche, these Southern Baptists, they drag it out. It's a way of life. And it's like, again, those funny jokes and you're learning more about them. You know, yeah. we learn Dorothy's from Queens. She's mm-hmm. Italian. You know, Blanche is a Southern Baptist. It's just a great way to get it out. So perfect. And uh, so perfect. Blanche finally comes out um, and she says she's okay. Uh, But she says, you know, she didn't feel this bad since George died. Uh, And, you know, she says, you know, back then she had her kids, you know, but now she has these women. And, 
now Blanche sort of finally comes out of her Blanche fog Mm -hmm. to sort of join the rest of the characters to discuss this relationship. Um, And now I think, you know, she now Blanche is sort of starting to echo what the theme of the show is once again. So I think we have, do we have that clip as well? Yes, we do. You're my family and you make me happy to be alive. Let's all drive to Coconut Grove for lunch. Okay. My treat. We'll have to celebrate. <laughs> what, that she came out of her room? <laughs> that we're together. And that no matter what happens, even if we all get married, we'll stick together. We need a much bigger house. Oh, sure, Rose. After lunch, you can pick up the lumber. Oh, God. I love that. She says, Ma, you're you my family. Us? You make nope. me happy to be alive. That's the line. Yeah. You're my family. Yeah. It's and the theme of the show. It's it. That's it. That's fully it. I mean, it's just, it's a, such a perfect ending. And I think we can say now that we've watched it, it is a perfect pilot. It's a perfect pilot. It's a perfect pilot. It is also, yeah. I just realized, very funny that Dorothy says, even if we all get married, we'll stick together. And then in the final episode, Dorothy gets married and leaves. <laughs> yeah. So good. So oh, perfect. Dorothy. So perfect. Not calling the kettle black. Should we should we take a break and do a golden takeaway? Yes, let's yes! do it. We are back with our golden takeaway, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. Carrie, what's your golden takeaway? I would say this week, my golden takeaway is, I'm just going to say it again. This is such a great pilot that I think if you are a a writer and you want to write a pilot and you want to see a great example of one, I bet you can find a PDF somewhere online of the shooting script of this pilot. Uh, And I would read it and I would take notes about what they do. If you're going to write like a multicam Uh, pilot because this is so well written and I once again would just like to put out a call to if anybody knows who bought the uh the 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 pilot episode of the script at the Betty White auction (laughs) that was an early writer's draft that Susan Harris had written to get Betty interested in the project I implore you please let us know I would like it would Oh, gosh, it would make my day. To, it would make my year to to read that pilot if anybody knows. And I think all the Golden Girls fans would be really curious to read it, too. So I'm just going to put it out there again. If anybody knows. I'm here. I'm ready for it. It's your girl. You can DM us. Yes. What is your golden takeaway? My golden takeaway from this is that I I just love the direction we're going. And I think this episode is an indication of what I think a lot of people have wanted from us, a lot of our longtime listeners, and hopefully some new listeners who want to come on board now that we're a part of Mom, Moguls of Media, and and want to sort of dis- rediscover their love. I mean, we've always loved the Golden Girls, and we have a whole community of people out there who have been longtime listeners, and we love you. You are our ootlers. We love you, but we hope that Maybe you're telling a friend about this new direction we're going in, and it's going to be so much fun, and people can go back and listen to the old episodes, of course, but they can also join us for this, like, new adventure, for the best ofs and the and the other directions we're going. It's just, it's just all so exciting, and I can't wait to hopefully 
meet some of you at GoldenCon in Chicago from March 31st to April 2nd. You can get your tickets at thankyouforbeingafan.com because both Carrie and I will be there. We'll be there. We are planning some outfits. <sighs> I'm very excited. That's I'm all so I'm going to say. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Oh, well, we should probably do our social media plugs, right? So oh, where, I was, where uh, can people follow <laughs> I was hoping. See, this is this is this is the rusty part. I was like, "Is Carrie gonna say thank you for listening?" <laughs> you guys. Oh, I clicked away. I, I had clicked no, away. It's fine. Thank you all so so much for listening. We will catch you back here next week for more Golden Girls greatness. I was lip syncing as she said that, guys. We are a part of, like I said, Mom, Moguls of Media. Go follow them. We are doing great things. So many great things to come. So many get great guests that are coming up, which is so exciting. So please go follow them. And you can also follow us on all the social platforms at Golden Girls Pod on Twitter, out on the Lanai official on Instagram. That's the best one. Stick to that one. Facebook at Golden Girls Pod. And I am H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines on everything. And I'm Squidzy on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. And if you have a moment, please rate and review us wherever you get the podcast. Because the more ratings we get, the more the show will get bumped up. And the more people will discover it and join our lovely community of Kiss Golden Girls fans. And as always, remember, stay, stay golden. golden! Meow, meow, meow!